Welcome to Lessons for Living Television. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for joining us. American author and philosopher David Foster Wallace delivered what is widely held to be the gold standard for commencement speeches when he addressed the 2005 graduating class of Kenyon College when he said, There is no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And a compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of God or spiritual type thing to worship is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Never feel you have enough. It's the truth. Worship your own body and beauty and sexual allure and you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally plant you. Worship power, you will end up feeling weak and afraid, and you will need ever more power over others to numb you to your own fear. Worship your intellect, being seen as smart, you will end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out. Look, the insidious thing about these forms of worship is not that they're evil or sinful. It is that they are unconscious. They are default settings. Now, Wallace was not a religious person by any stretch of the imagination, but he understood that everyone worships. Everyone trusts in something for their salvation. Everyone bases their life on something that requires faith. A couple of years after giving that commencement speech, Wallace killed himself. Because even though you may never call it worship, you can be certain. Everybody worships. Well, in our study today, we're going to what may be one of the best known passages in the New Testament. Jesus is having a personal encounter with a man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus was one of the most popular and influential men in all of Israel during this time period. Nicodemus is a wealthy, powerful religious man, yet he is a man with an itch that neither he nor his money nor his power can scratch. What Nicodemus learned that night when he comes to Jesus would prove to be the greatest lessons of his life. I want to eavesdrop on this conversation between the Lord Jesus and Nicodemus today. I want us to hear for ourselves the great truths that Jesus shared with this man. You see, Nicodemus came to Jesus for some answers about religion, but he received answers about redemption. He comes to Jesus with questions about Jesus, and he went away with more knowledge about Jesus and about himself than he could ever have imagined. He came to Jesus that night to ask him questions about life. He left with information about the new birth. Let's listen as the teacher gets taught. John chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi... We know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. 
Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe it if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. Now, before I came out here to tape this program, I, I timed myself reading these verses. It took me about... Well, at least back there, it took me two minutes and 45 seconds. Two minutes and 45 seconds. No one in their right mind is going to make the contention that the encounter between Jesus and Nicodemus that night only lasted two minutes and 45 seconds. How long it was, I don't know. An hour, two, I don't know. You see, these verses give us a hint as to the direction the conversation took. And I believe it's up to you and I to read between the lines and understand the message that's here. And that's precisely what we're going to do today. You know, I've often wondered, why is this story included in the Bible? Now, there's probably several answers. And I think, in a very general way, Nicodemus is a personification, a sample, if you will, of all mankind, every human being, without exception, senses that something is missing inside themselves. It's like we have this God-shaped blank in our heart that only God can fill. You know, St. Augustine once wrote, thou hast made us for thyself, and we have no peace until we find our rest in thee. Everyone is searching. Everyone is attempting in various ways and means to fill the emptiness in their souls. Every one of us is a spiritual Nicodemus. All of us conscious that something is missing. All of us trying to find out what that is. All of us seeking for an answer. There's something wrong with us. We know that. And we're searching for an answer. Well, I'm going to tell you, human answers will never fulfill this need. Some may think, oh, if only I was wealthy, if only I had my mortgage paid off, or if I had a new car, or if I could only do this or that, then I would be at peace. 
No, you wouldn't. And if I can be pretty blunt, I'm going to tell you it's stupid, ridiculous, and futile to try to work out and resolve our problems, that problem that you and I have with any material or any fleshly resource. So Jesus gives the answer, the only answer. The same answer that he gave to Nicodemus is the answer he's going to give us today, 2,000 years later. You must be born again, he said. What does that mean? Well, that simply means that the way to peace for which we all hunger is found only in knowing for sure that we are a child of the Heavenly Father. There's no banker, there's no theologian, there's no doctor that can solve those needs. The greatest peace that I have in my life is knowing that God is my Father. I have no need to worry where my next meal is coming from. I am not disturbed or bothered by what men may think of me, but I know that God loves me. And that fills that need in my heart And it can fill the need in your heart also. I mean, even the people of the world recognize that. Many of them. Jesus is still the answer. It's still true. I want to get back to our story. Old Nicodemus has received a lot of criticism for approaching Jesus at night. Some people have suggested that he came at night because he was ashamed and he was was trying to hide what he was doing. Well, I don't think that's the case at all. I think he came at night because he was busy and he knew that Jesus was busy. I think he came at night because he wanted to spend some uninterrupted time with Jesus. You'll notice that when Nicodemus came to Jesus... He came uh, humbly, and he was very complimentary. He came with some serious questions. But I dare say that he did not expect the answers that he received. You see, Jesus tells him, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Now, surely Nicodemus, hearing that, must have thought this is a mistake. After all, if you looked at this man and all that he had going for him, you would never expect him to need to be born again, not not Nicodemus. I mean, maybe that drug addict needs to be saved and born again. Maybe that, that wayward woman needs the new birth, right? Maybe that wasted life you find down in the gutter needs to be born again, but not someone like Nicodemus. Surely that doesn't apply to me. If you looked at this man... We would have thought he had everything going for for him. He had all the pluses and none of the minuses from a human perspective. Like, let's look at what this man had going for him. I mean, first of all, he was rich. He was a rich man. Tradition tells us that Nicodemus was one of the three richest men in Jerusalem. He had more money than he knew what to do with. What we have... However, it does not change what we are. I mean, you can have plenty of money, but that doesn't change the fact that we're still sinners and we need a Savior. Your money can buy you many things here in this world, but our money can't buy us anything in heaven. Secondly, Nicodemus was a very respectable man. 
I mean, when he walked down the street, other people knew who he was, and they would, they would point him out to their children. He was held in great esteem by all who knew him and all who saw him. He was, after all, a ruler in Israel. Still, what we achieve does not change what we are. I mean, it's good to be a respected person. It's good to have a good name among men, but that will not provide us a place in heaven. Thirdly, we know Nicodemus was a religious man. He was a Pharisee. He kept the law. He was morally pure to a degree that you and I can't even imagine. He returned his tithes. He did everything the law said to do. He kept the written law and all of the traditions of the elders. He never touched a woman. He probably avoided even looking at women whenever possible. I mean, he would not come into contact with a sinner. He was a holy man. Still, what we do does not change who we are. In spite of all of his outward attempts at righteousness, Nicodemus was a religious man in need of a redeemer. You know, in verse 3 of the conversation, Jesus says that without the new birth, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You see, this new birth prepares us for life in a new kingdom. The only way for us to get into heaven is for us first to allow heaven to get into us. And when Jesus told Nicodemus that he had to be born again, it just messed with his mind. Nicodemus could not grasp how can that be. He was a civic leader, a member of the Sanhedrin, prosperous, devout, upstanding. He's not an emotional, broken type of person, but Jesus says to him, you must be born again. Jesus is pressing him. He's asking him another, what did you have to do with being born, Nicodemus? Did you work really hard to earn the privilege of being born? You cannot earn or contribute anything to being born. It's a free gift of life. And so it is with the new birth. Salvation is by grace. There are no moral efforts that can earn or merit it. You must be born again. There's no doubt that this new birth is a mysterious thing. None of us truly understands everything there is to know about the new birth. It's, it's still a mystery, even to those of us who have experienced it. However, don't let the fact that it's a mystery cause you to avoid it altogether. Don't let the mystery of electricity cause you to sit in the dark. We don't do that. There are many things that we don't understand in life, but we still believe in them. So do you not allow the mystery of the new birth keep you from being saved? Jesus tells Nicodemus that just as the wind can be felt, it can be measured, and the effects of it can be seen, but where it came from and where it's going remains a mystery. The new birth is the same way. See, you cannot see God do his work in a heart, but you can see the effects of the wind of the Spirit in a life. 
I mean, when you see an addict leave his drug, you know God's been working. I mean, when you hear clean language coming out of a mouth that used to be a sewer, you know God has been at work. When you see a, a wicked, hateful man turn into a sweet, loving, holy saint, you know the wind of the Spirit has been blowing in his soul. It's a mystery because we do not see it happen, but there's no denying the effects of the power of God and when God works in the human heart. By the way, the wind of the Spirit was blowing in the soul of Nicodemus, but he could not control that wind. It could be gone in an instant, never to return. You see, the time for Nicodemus to heed God's call was then and there when the wind was blowing in his heart. So let me tell you, if the wind of the Spirit is blowing in your heart right now, the time to be saved is now. The only time you can come is when Jesus is calling you. When Nicodemus hears these things, he wants to know, how was this possible? And Jesus takes the next few verses to explain to him as to how the new birth can become a reality. Jesus tells Nicodemus that the Savior's part in the new birth was to leave heaven above and to come to this world to die for sin. Jesus reminds Nicodemus of the time that Israel sinned and God allowed the serpents among them to bite them and and as they bit them, many people in Israel died. When that tragic event took place, God instructed Moses to make a bronze, a brass serpent, snake, and to put it on a pole. And Jesus is saying to Nicodemus that he was like that snake. He came to this world to be put upon a cross. He came to die a sacrifice for sin. He came to die that we, through his death, might live. You see, there is nothing more owing on your account. There is nothing owing on my account if you and I receive him by faith. He did his part when he died and when he rose again from the dead. That is the role of the Savior. So what must the sinner do to be saved? The answer is in the Bible. One word. Believe. Just like those people, they're in ancient Israel who had been bitten by those serpents. All they had to do was look and live. Just look at the serpent and you'll live. If you need to be saved, there is nothing left for you to do but to believe in Jesus and receive his finished work at Calvary as the payment for your sins. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Did Nicodemus ever accept Jesus? I think he did. You know why? Because Nicodemus stood up for Jesus before the Sanhedrin 
It tells us that in John chapter 7. It says that Nicodemus helped Joseph of Arimathea bury the body of Jesus after the crucifixion. It says that in John chapter 19. Nicodemus put his wallet and his well-being on the line for the sake of Jesus. As we come to the end of our program today, I want to draw your attention to a couple of verses here in John chapter 2, verses 24 and 25. It says, But Jesus, on his part, was not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all men, and because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. Isn't that wonderful? Before Nicodemus ever came to Jesus, Jesus knew what was in the heart of Nicodemus. Jesus knew what he needed when he came that night. And so Jesus cuts through all of the religious nonsense, all of the foolishness, and Jesus told Nicodemus exactly what he needed to hear. He told him how to be saved. Did you notice that verse we just read? Verse 24 says, he knew all men, and then verse 25 says, he knew what was in man. Jesus knows men. He knew Nicodemus. He knows you and he knows me. He knows whether we're saved or not. He knows whether or not we have to be born again. He knows all there is about you. He knows all there is about me and he knows he loves us. He also knows that if we will come to him, he will save us by his grace. He knows that if you and I come to him, like you are right now, then you can finish this program like you ought to be. If you're not saved, I invite you to come to Jesus now. The wind of God is blowing. Salvation is being offered right now. Let us pray. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus and the offer of salvation. Please come to those that are calling out to Jesus right now, claiming him as their personal Savior. Forgive them, bless them, guide them, and protect them. For Jesus' sake, amen. You know, I love studying this story of um, the encounter between Jesus and Nicodemus uh, because it's such a, I think, a relevant story for us today. You know, sometimes you read of um, well-to-do people. Uh, I remember reading the story of uh, Boris Becker, the, you know, the, the tennis player, you know, and uh, 
you know, fame and fortune, and he comes to a point in his life where he was on the verge of taking his own life because all of the fame and all of the fortune and all of the money and all of the notoriety did not satisfy that longing in his heart. You know, it's like I said in the program, we all have a God-shaped hole in our heart, and it can only be filled by God. And I know many of you are watching, you're searching, you're searching for something. I want to share with you what I think, and many people have told me that next to reading the Bible, that this little book, Steps to Christ, was one of the most powerful things they ever read to help them understand the love of Jesus Christ and what Christ did. And so, because it's such, it's such a small little book, but it's such a powerful book, uh, we'd like to send it to you at, as a gift from Lessons for Living Television. Um, you can call us, you can go on the website. We're going to give you the information in just a second, and we'll send this to you. And I hope it has the power to transform and to fill that void in your life that I can't do it, the book can't do it, but Jesus Christ can. So, um, here's the information you need if you'd like to get the copy of the book, Steps to Christ. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. There you will find the links to download a video and transcript of this program. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030 Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request, and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. I want to thank you for um, being with us here. You know, these 30 minutes go by so quickly. But before we go, there's a few things I want to remind you of, as I do every week, the website, l4ltv.com. The previous programs are on the website. Uh, Where I Will Appe Appearing Live is on the website. Um, if you're looking for a Bible study group or a church to attend, there's some suggestions on there. If, there's, if you don't find anything there, well, there's a form. You can complete that form and say, I want to study the Bible or I want to be referred to a church. Send that form in and we're going to get that information uh, to you. Uh, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And what happens is uh, right after the program goes off the air, we upload it onto YouTube, put it on our Facebook page, put it on the website. And as a subscriber, you'll be notified that a new video has been added to the YouTube channel. I also want to ask you to have some patience when you call the 1-800 number because our volunteers are doing their best to get to all the calls. But it, it may be that when you call, they're on the phone with everybody else and you will have to go to voicemail. Just leave a voicemail. We'll get the voicemail. We'll follow that up with you uh, as soon as is possible. 
Well, I hope we have this opportunity to come together and to study God's Word again real soon. Until then, I am going to be praying that God blesses you and He watches over you and keeps you. We'll see you back here again real soon.